All right, guys, it's time for the mandatory New Year's show. It seems like if you do a podcast <laughs> or anything, yeah, you, you have to do one of these shows, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but I know we all struggle with it because we just we've talked about resolutions before, and that seems to be the cliche thing. And I mean, there's even kind of a movement like it seems like people aren't into resolutions. So we always try to think of a a new way to think, perhaps as you head into your new year, come up with something a little bit different. And we did it again. So we're going to see how this plays out. I mean, I think we did it. Uh, this is Who Cares About Men's Health with information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of men's health. I bring the BS. My name is Scott. The MD to my BS is Dr. Troy Madsen. Hey, Scott. What does MD stand for? Make decisions. That's what I've been told. Makes decisions. Oh, my yeah, decision. Yeah. <laughs> Ready for the MD. He's a Who Cares About Men's Health convert. It's producer Mitch. Hey there. All right. So uh, I thought for this New Year's, what we could do on the show instead of talking about resolutions is to take a step back and look at a bigger picture. So rather than look at the specific things we're going to do this year, which tend to be the resolutions, right? I'm going to lose five pounds. I'm going to, I don't know. What are some other resolutions people come up with? Why can I only come up with one? Like there's so many. Uh, I can tell you all the ones I've come up with that I haven't done. Let's see. Yeah, write a yeah, book. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else? Work out more. Go to work the gym more. more. Exactly. Sure, sure. Yeah. All right. So we're going to examine the bigger picture, which is what do you value? Oh. And then based on those, identify specific things you can do this year to live that value. So this is a concept I've been thinking a lot about lately. And through some of the books I've been reading, I've kind of come to this, that the values are things in our lives that are important to us. And the things we do in our day-to-day can either help us achieve and realize the things that are important to us, or they can distract us from the things that are important to us. And I think a lot of times we get caught so much up on, hey, I want to do this one specific thing. And then we fail and and we don't, you know, then we're like, well, why did we fail? Well, maybe we didn't value it in the first place. Maybe we didn't do an examination. Hmm. So maybe this isn't something we really do care about. So by taking a step back, hopefully maybe we can get some better steps this year and actually accomplish the things we want to accomplish. So some other interesting things about values. When your life matches your values, it tends to make you feel good. If your life doesn't match your values, then you tend to feel out of alignment and it can cause unhappiness and mental health issues. When we know what's important to us, it helps us make better decisions to honor those values, right? When you've got this lens that you're wearing and you know what you value, then when a decision comes to you, you can just go, well, does this help me get closer to my value? And if the answer is no, then pretty easy decision. And if you're struggling to do those things, it might be a sign you need to reevaluate if that is actually something you value. So this is an article that I would recommend everybody go check out at some point. And we're going to discuss about one aspect of this. And this is based on a Harvard Business Review article called How to Find, Define, and Use Your Values. So it's three steps. The first is find your values. And they warn that this could take time and could actually require sitting down and thinking and writing. The second step is define your values. What does that value mean to you? And that's the part we're going to focus on today. You'll get an idea of what I'm talking about in a second. But I feel that this is probably where a lot of people fail. And then the third is you use those values because they help you make decisions and they dictate what you spend your time on. So today's show, each one of us is going to come up with a value. What is something we value? And then maybe we could get into what steps we might take to live those values. But where I want to spend the conversation is making sure that we've well-defined these values. So I'm going to go ahead and start, and I'll use an example to explain the definition. So I value my physical health. 
but that's pretty broad, right? Mm-hmm. What is right. what does that mean to me? Well, it's meant different things in my life, actually, right? At one point, it may have meant I want to look good. I want to look healthy and muscular and lean, and I want to be able to play sports or whatever, right? That might be one person's very specific personal definition of what physical health means. But for me, what does it mean now? It means something different. And this has been an evolution. So I've been blessed with pretty good health without really having to do much through my genetics. And I've watched other people around me struggle with their health issues. And I don't want to do that. And we know from this podcast that if you exercise, that that can help stave off disease and it can help you do the things you want to continue to do in your life. So I look at my physical health valuing it now, not in terms of how it physically makes me look, although, you know, that would be a nice side effect. Or not that it's a means to lose weight necessarily, because that's not necessarily something that I need to do. But I know that physical exercise, like strength training, can help prevent disease. It can help me when I get older, be more mobile. And those are the things that I'm focusing on. So see how the definition really is important? Because the me before would do all out, really hard, intense sets. I would only focus on the exercises that were considered exercises that build muscle. The new me still focuses on some of those bigger exercises, but he also looks at what is this doing to my day-to-day? I remember when I used to exercise those big, huge, heavy lifts, like I could barely bend down and weed the garden the next day. Like, what am I doing, (laughs) right? How is this helping me in my life? Or... You neglect those little small muscles that we don't use in our day-to-day that um, actually can make a big difference in how you move through the world, not only physically, but like there's a lot of these small muscles that can cause problems later in your life with your shoulder or your lower back. So that's the example of you know how to, how to define that. Mm. And I, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to f- continue to focus on my strength training. And I've been pretty consistent the past few months with twice a week. So I'm going to build on that. I think another problem with New Year's resolutions is, right, we we try to become a person we never have been before all of a sudden on the January 1st. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to take what I've built and I'm going to then figure out how can I continue to live that value of what physical health means to me. And that means I'm going to add in every session an exercise that works maybe one of those smaller or more neglected muscles that doesn't get worked that I know from just... I've, I've read and I watch Instagram reels and those sorts of things that will make a difference in like back pain or my shoulder functionality later in life or what have you, hip tightness, whatever. So there's a little example. What do you guys think? I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, and I like too that you're really getting at the core in terms of why do I want to do this? Because so often we just set these goals. And I think a lot of times we set them because other people set them. Yeah. And we say, well, I'm not going to eat sweets after January 1st because that seems like a good thing without really thinking why we're going to do it. And it's interesting yes. you brought that. Yeah, th- this yeah. idea of becoming a new person on January 1st. I don't know if I have ever known anyone who has done that, who has become <laughs> a new right. person on January 1st. Do you guys like in terms of no. just like a huge goal and they actually did it and they are a new person? I, I've never seen it happen. Well, I've met people that like and a big life change, right? Like it's it's not like some random day that you just suddenly decide to be a new person. Like something has to like really drive you to do that. You actually yeah. need to really care and whatever. And 
I don't know. For me, a like, lot of well, times, like Rob's heart attack. Like, yeah, that's, he yeah. became a new person because yes. of that. But, he he kind of yeah. had to. Yeah. But I, I guess if the heart attack happened on January first, you'd become a new person. Because sure. Of it. But I just, you know, in terms of the whole new person thing, I've never seen it happen, and I've wanted to do that, and I've wanted to be that new person on January first, but it never happens. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to circle back around, Troy, because I think you said something and then you moved on to the new person, which I think is a, an important point. But this notion that, OK, I'm going to give up sweets and not really thinking, well, to what end? Like, yeah, what, right. what are we trying to accomplish? Again, by defining what that value means to me, then if sweets come around, I'm like, well, you know, I know. And, and you know, we all don't just have one value, but I know what my goals are with physical fitness and physical health. I'm not trying to look like a bodybuilder. So when the suite comes around, I just have to figure out a way. How do I do that in moderation? It's not going to hurt me. It's not going to yeah. put me over the edge. Right. right. So that's how really defining those values and thinking about why you're doing what you're doing is, I think, super important. I think why this exercise is important. Mm. Exactly. Rather than just having a list of things, you know, just everybody kind of, does. The, you know, everybody, yeah. does. everybody does the yeah. same thing every year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a better relationship with my family. Well, what does that mean to you? Right. And why? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And why? Yeah, oh, that's a great point. Yeah. And then figure out the why that's important to you. Yeah. I'm going to exercise every day. Like, okay, why? why? Yeah, what's, yeah. What's, what's the end point here? What's the right. goal? And and because exactly. there are going to be so many times you really need to dig deep and you really need to know why am I doing this? And it's just because, well, I said on December 31st, I was going to do it. It's probably not going to hold up. Yeah. And, you know, for my goal, for what I want to try to accomplish, what I value, my physical health, I've learned through this podcast that a couple times a week of strength training for 45 minutes is adequate to achieve the goal I want to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. um, Mitch, what are you going to value this year? Oh, so um, this is embarrassing. Uh, the, big, <laughs> the new thing that happened to me recently is there is a filter on TikTok. I know you guys aren't on TikTok, but basically like these filters will like put fun things on your face or change whatever. And uh, one of the filters uh, was actually um, there's been a couple of uh, dermatologists who have come forward saying that it's actually pretty accurate. But uh, it ages your face by one year for every second that it plays. And you get to watch yourself get older. And it has been stuck in the back of my head. I'm like, ah, let's see what it's like. And that, no, it has been making me think about aging, about mortality, about what I'm going to be like when I'm in my 50s, 60s, 70s, and until, you know, I, I pass on. And it's become, from a freaking TikTok filter, it has become like this new value that I have where it is... I want to make sure that I am aging well. Okay, so now let's let's focus in on that defining that part because this okay. started with a filter with physical facial appearance, right? Yes. Um, but you have you have defined it that it's more about physical for you than facial appearance, or how do you define oh, it? Just that? you know, well, it, the, I guess the 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 facial was more just like. <laughs> It put in very real terms, like you are going to get older. The catalyst for yes, the yes. rest of this thought. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that I want to like look young forever, but like, you know, I'm I'm going to wear sunscreen because I don't want to have like all these all these cancers and stuff when I'm older. I'm going to like, you know, eat better now, not necessarily because I want to be thin, but because, man, in, you know, 20 years, it's going to be it's going to add up little small decisions that I make now have a chance to really impact my future. 
See, I wonder too, it would be really cool if that filter had like various variables you could select, like, you know, the variable, exactly like you said, like the sunscreen, like, <laughs> sure. okay, this is what you're going to look like if you don't wear sunscreen. Yeah. This is what you're going to look like if you're, if you're a healthy weight, this is what you're going to look like if you exercise, I don't know. Right. And it would, it would be interesting. This is what you're going to look like if you use meth, you know, those kind of Oof. things. Yeah, that would be wow. <laughs> well, you've seen those faces of meth things. Yeah, I sure have. I mean, the effects are dramatic, like quite honestly. But, but I just point that out just to talk about like healthy habits or smoking. This is what you're going to look yeah. like if you smoke. You know, things like that. It would be very motivating to even see that and talking about healthy aging and see. You know, these these are the various effects on aging because I think for me working in the ER. It's remarkable. And just working in healthcare in general, I'll see 90 something year olds sometimes, and I don't really even register their age. And then as I'm talking to them, I look and I say, oh my goodness, you're 96 years old. <laughs> yeah. You, you, it's unbelievable. Some of these crazy, healthy 90 plus year olds I see, and I'm just like, I hope I'm like you, like, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. What do you do? And it's just remarkable to see them. And then on the other hand, you see some people in their fifties and you look and you say, oh, wow, you're 50, yeah, you know, right. you're 55. So there's just so many factors influence that aging. And like you said, you know, it's, it's a great goal to say, I want to, I want to age healthily. I don't want to just be, you know, like you said, the 20 something year old ripped and look great. And then in 20 years, everything goes downhill. Like I want to have right. sustainable habits that yeah. carry me into my seventies, eighties, and even nineties. I feel yeah. like maybe you need to define it a little bit more though. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it still might be a little broad. What do you think? So you're saying that like valuing successful aging is a really big. Maybe. Idea. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's seems pretty big. all encompassing. Like, yeah. Sure. When, you were, when you were talking about all the things you would have to do to achieve that, that all of a sudden started overwhelming me. Like I'm like, <laughs> oh, because I'm like, that's a good one. I, I'm going to adopt that. And then I'm like, whoa, but. Because I mean, yeah. you're talking about like, you know, then you got to start watching what you eat. Well, to what extent? Sure. And maybe that's maybe maybe what that is then is you have that value. You have those glasses and then you just go, well, I'm going to look for the four or five most Im impactful things I can do to help me age healthy. Sure. So for me, I guess it's more that it's not necessarily like a plan, which is something I do need to work on and define. But like it is very much like kind of a baseline motivation that has shown up. So as I think about my day-to-day -day decisions about my health, what I'm going to eat, when do I go to bed, do I go and I like socialize with friends, et cetera, it's, it's very much like you need, to, you need to make sure you're doing this. You need to make sure you're doing this so you can be one of those 90-year-olds that Troy sees that doesn't look a day over 50, you know, like you got to... And has a strong social yes, network. Like yes. that's the investment. yeah. You know, yeah. the successful aging thing really resonates with me too a lot. And then that made me think about my goal, like, hmm, flexibility. That's something you start losing mm -hmm. when you get a little bit older or balance. So then, you know, what are the exercises I can do to ensure that as I get older and age that I don't lose those abilities so I can continue to move around and, you know, do the things I want to do. So Yes. And I have found over the last like month that like when I am having those moments where I'm like, ugh. I don't want to eat another salad. Salads are terrible. Like, blah, 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 blah. But like, my brain is like, hey, you should probably do this because you want to make sure you don't get diabetes. You want to make sure that you have the micronutrients you need to age well. And so it, it rather than like, oh, I ought to do this. Oh, this should be a value of mine. Oh, this should be whatever. It's like, no, no, we're just going to do this because it's going to be good for us in the long term. 
And this is good, too, because you planted that flag in the sand, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to. And then these things evolve. The Harvard Business Review article says the things you value will evolve, right? Oh, but, sure. But how can you evolve it if you don't have a starting point? So you've already laid down a starting point. So that's great. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. And it is hard to really pull specifics from that. But as a guiding principle, it really makes sense in terms of so many decisions. Like, as you're looking at your career, like... Yeah, do you have anything to say about that, Troy? <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's close to home, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was, a, you know, we haven't talked about it on the show, but I, I, this last year has been quite an adventure. I've made some pretty significant career decisions. But it was kind of with that in mind, like, as I saw more and more data come out on shift work and and nights and the cancer risk and what that does to you and just seeing colleagues as well, you know, just the effects that it has it, you know, and again, I thought about those 90 something year olds I see and I I think, wow, I I don't, you know, I mean, none of them are ER, ex ER docs that worked until they were 89. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see an ER doc in their eighties or even seventies. It's a hard job, but anyway, but yeah, but I think it as a guiding principle, it, it really makes sense to, when you have those big decisions or even some of the smaller decisions or some of the goals you make to, to keep that in mind in that mm-hmm. longitudinal perspective with aging and uh, long-term health. Right. Uh, all right, Troy, what is it that you want to value this year? Oh, you know, this is so tough. I have a list of about seven or eight things because I didn't know how much time we were going to talk well, about this, and let me just but say, I just have to pick one. Yeah. Well, let me say the Harvard Business Review article said that you should come up with three or four. Okay. So, um, you know, we just came up with one for the time, you know, for the show, but it probably would not be unusual for a listener who tries this exercise to come up with a whole bunch, like even more than that. And then you want to pare that down to three or four. So, yeah, exactly. The the one I'm pulling from this list that I, I really want to focus on more is, is I, I really admire people who are optimistic, who have a very positive outlook and who are just able to kind of roll with the punches. And I think mm. too often, you know, sometimes I'm I'm kind of a pessimist. And I like to say I'm a realist or I'm a pragmatist, but sometimes that translates more to pessimism. Right. Expecting the worst and hoping for the best, you know, mm-hmm. or if anything better than the worst, like, hey, at least it's not that. Um, I would like to be have a more positive, optimistic outlook. And I would, along with that, I find that often those people tend to roll with the punches. They're very patient. Those are things I value. They're attributes I wish I had more of. Mm. How I translate that into an actual New Year's resolution, I'm not quite sure. (laughs) Sure. I mean, the thought I've had is with that value in mind is to be more aware, I think, of my thoughts and my thought processes. And when I am thinking negative thoughts to try and replace it with a positive thought. And it sounds kind of silly and simplistic. I don't know if it's too specific or not specific enough or just to maybe there's something more I should incorporate in terms of a habit. Um, I have tried more journaling and uh, really thinking in terms of gratitude in my journaling. So I've tried to focus more on gratitude, but I think something more along the lines of positivity and optimism, and maybe it just starts with being more self-aware of my thought Mm -hmm. processes and thinking more in terms of those, you know, kind of positive things, optimism, uh, not expecting the worst, but thinking, hey, this could be great and it's going to be great rather than thinking, well, this is what could happen. Let's hope that doesn't happen. I hope it's a little better than that. So (laughs) that's kind of where I'm trying to go with this. 
So then what does optimism mean to you then specifically? Is it how you're going to interact with other people? Is it going to be more of an internal thought process for yourself? Is it going to like, what does that look like? Um, I think both. I think definitely the internal thought process in terms of just, you know, how I'm just how I look at the future. Like, what does this next year hold? Or, you know, what is what does this, what do I expect from this experience? You know, a lot of times when I'm say travel, for instance, I'm always thinking, not always, but sometimes when I travel, I'm like, okay, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. This could go wrong. We got to be prepared for all these things. And maybe it's my background as an ER doctor. I don't know. (laughs) 20 years of emergency medicine, you are always prepared for the worst. I can't necessarily blame that. Um, But I did feel like before I started training in emergency medicine, maybe I didn't take kind of that look that maybe I do as much now where I'm always kind of expecting the worst and preparing for it. And then certainly I think in terms of interactions with others as well, I I think as a result of that, with that internal process, then being able to relay a higher level of optimism uh, to others and projecting that. Hmm. Okay. One of the exercises actually that um, cause I always thought I was a really, really positive person. And then when I started therapy, one of the things that they had me do at the start was, um, one of those little like handheld tally clickers it was like a yeah. little click, click that you have like at sports games or whatever. So they're counting people coming in, uh, got one of those. And anytime I had a not so positive thought, I clicked it and you're, huh. did it through a day and you kept a journal for a week just to see oh, how geez. often. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and but, like, but like, honestly just like <laughs> it was what was, I, your, what was your number i don't i don't have a, it was a whole lot more than i thought it was though you it know had it, three, just, it had three digits and he reset yeah. it <laughs> right yeah but, but that was zero again there we go yeah. but but it that was really for me at least a first step to being like okay i am not just a realist i am not just pessimistic i really am I, I really am thinking some negative thoughts through the day. And it just, it's, it was a first step to like being more self-aware and kind of understanding how my brain works and working on, then I take the steps of what do I do next and how do I do, how do I yeah. fix that? So I like that. See, that's what I need. I, I, Cause like I said, this is the, and, and I'm really forming this just as we talk here, but as I was writing down my values, this is the one that really jumped out at me mm-hmm. that I, I want to focus on and I wanted to talk about but I don't know how to implement it. And maybe something very practical like that is a great starting point. Just creating Um, awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Something to create. Mm -hmm. That's what I need is more awareness. And and that's the starting point. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't know. I hear that. And this is obviously your value and how you're going to live it is up to you. But like, right. I hear you talking. I'm just like, well, I don't know if I want this guy that's always coming at me with, well, you know, things are going to work out. Okay. Anyway, you know, like (laughs) maybe, maybe the step forward is just to, to, to limit the negative thoughts and not necessarily always have to put the positive spin on them. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I, I'd imagine yeah. as you go through this process, you will figure that out. Yeah. Maybe. How See, this, is, for you. this is what's going to happen in a month. You're just going to hate me. I'm just going to let the guy like, <laughs> everything's just super great, Scott. <laughs> well, and, and so the, the exercise with the clicker and everything, it was less like, hey, I'm going to replace all my negativity with positivity, right? It was more slowing the process down enough to even be aware that you are thinking negatively, that you are assuming the worst, that you're whatever. Because a lot of times we just, we're kind of on autopilot, especially if you're working and you're, you know, busy with all these things. It's, you know, 
you're not thinking about how you're thinking, right? <laughs> right. Right. And so because of that, like maybe, you know, that was the first step was like slowing it down a little bit. Is this thought useful or not so useful is the terminology they use. And uh, that was a little better than becoming like a super positive, happy-go-lucky ray of sunshine, you know? <laughs> That's right. And to be clear, I don't want to be a super positive, happy-go-lucky ray of sunshine. I don't think I could be. It's not me. Right, yeah. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not who I am. I don't think we can just change the nature of who we are. Like, you know, mm-hmm. by by nature, I, I tend to, and it's probably how I've I've been able to get to where I am because I, I definitely have, have focused on, okay, I don't want to do that. I, I, you know, I don't want this outcome. I need to be prepared. So that outcome doesn't happen. Um, maybe sometimes that's been detrimental to do that, but it's just not, yeah, I don't think we can be something we're not, but I think like you said, Mitch, maybe just being more aware of our thought processes and kind of how we're framing things, uh, and trying to at least just move away from the negative. That's probably a really great place to start. And again, I like the clicker idea. <laughs> I'm I'm open if anyone else has ideas in terms of, okay. yeah, just reducing kind of the, the negative thoughts and Im- improving self-awareness. Another, another thought. And, and again, you know, you, you have to do you when, when I, I, I used to, I'm kind of the same way. Um, I try to anticipate all the different outcomes and then it, it's exhausting, right? It is. It's exhausting. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's paralyzing. Like yeah, it leads you yeah. not to act. Again, so, a simple example of travel. I'm like, how in the world could I ever possibly do a flight, take an airplane flight with our 15 month old? How could I possibly? Right. Like thinking everything that could go wrong. And then yeah. it paralyzes you to where it's like, I don't want to do that. So I don't know if like something that has helped me and I'm sure you do this. So I feel silly even saying it, but it's just like when I have that thought, I like, all right, well, what would be the worst case scenario if I forgot to take this on this trip? Yeah. Like, and, and sometimes those things that I think are negative, like that could be really bad, really just aren't that big of a deal. Well, I guess I'd go to Walgreens and you know, get a new one or, or whatever. Um, and I'm sure you probably do that. Or the other, the other kind of question I'll ask myself is I heard a Malcolm Gladwell book and he talked about how humans are terrible at predicting the future. And we can come up with 10 different ways something could go wrong. And guess what? It's going to be the 11th. You never thought of anyway. (laughs) So so you just, you just deal with what you've got to deal with. I think you still have to be vigilant for the major things but like a lot of these little micro things I think we think of, you know, first of all, are they that big of a deal? Second of all, you know, what's the likelihood they're going to happen? And then don't beat yourself up if they do, you know, well, I knew this was going to happen. I do that a lot. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if that'll be helpful or not, Troy. But anyway. It is helpful. Yeah. Again, it's something I'm still trying to figure it out. So I, in terms of just practical implementation and how to do it. So, so maybe I'm still at that phase of just saying, Hey, this is what I value. I've got, X number of days until January 1st. Well, <laughs> to be clear, we're not putting a deadline on this. It's just, I think, I think instead of thinking of resolutions this year, let's think of the things we value this year and then spend the year trying to figure out how are we going to live those values? How are like we going to fill those values? I think yeah. that's what I really was hoping we'd get from this show. So, oh, I like that. No, I really like that. At least, yeah, go into the new year saying, I value this and I'm going to take this year to think. How can I, how can I better reflect that value or, or implement that value? Right. Yeah. So instead of thinking great. about resolutions, think about values. That's yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah. So instead of resolutions this year, think about 
what are the things you value? And use that Harvard Business Review article. We'll link it in the transcript to help guide you through this process. And then we're going to issue the challenge to you. Identify what you value and then figure out what you can do to start living through that value. That's our challenge to you. If you would like to share what yours are or if you have any insights you'd like to share with any of us about ours, you can reach out to us, hello at thescoperadio.com. That's hello at thescoperadio.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring about men's health. 